welcome to the Creating Us podcast, hosted by the Office of Leader and Culture Development. I'm Jason. And I'm Shelby. And we're excited to be with you as we go on a journey across the Texas Tech University system. All right, here we go. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a hot minute since we've done a podcast, but I'll tell you what, as we get to the end of the year, things have been just really busy and chaotic, but a lot of great things are going on, and I'm really excited to be with you for this episode. Shelby won't be with us. She is on a much-needed uh, vacation, and so we'll welcome her back on the next episode. All right, today we are going to continue our journey through the Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center, and we have a very special, just an amazing person as a guest today, uh, Miss Liesl Wyatt. Liesl, welcome so much to our podcast. Thank you, Jason. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Of course. All right, so... I am really looking forward to our conversation, one, because it's been a while since you and I have caught up, and so this is going to be a lot of fun, but two, I think you have you bring such a, a perspective to leadership, going through change, um, you know, dealing with the unknown, all of these lessons that I think are so important, so I'm really excited for our conversation today, but we'll start off pretty simple. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your role, your position, and um, anything else top of mind? Sure. Um, well, to start, I am a Texas Tech University alum, so I got both of my degrees through the Texas Tech system. So it wasn't unusual to find me here for my first job post-graduation. I wanted to stay in the tech system. Um, and that happened for me and actually started here at the Health Sciences Center on May 18th of 2015. Um, and most people probably would have to go back and look at their start date, but I remember it because it was also my mom's birthday. Mm -hmm. And also my first day of work was the first day I got a call back from the student loan servicer saying my loans were now ready to be paid. So <laughs> I have been paying on those since that time. And it's easy to remember um, exactly when that started. But um, yeah, I've been with the Department of Public Health since I started here at the Health Sciences Center, but my role within uh, this department has changed drastically over the years. And initially, I got started here as a grant coordinator. Um, I worked with Dr. Teresa Bird, who was the, uh, the founding chair for the Department of Public Health. At that time, we were in the Graduate School of Biomedical Sciences. And um, I worked very closely with her on a colorectal cancer prevention grant. So even when I first started, it was a very small role. We had a small staff. Uh, I supervised five, you know, five people. Um, and it was a grant funded position, which as you know, those grant funded positions, they don't last forever. Um, so as that project was kind of coming to an end, um, we were challenged to figure out exactly what we could do with uh, the skill set I had learned and the leadership um, experience I had gained while just working on this small grant project. And um, I sort of challenged myself to find a need within our department and develop a position utilizing those skills that could fill a gap. And so I went from being a, just a, you know, a grant coordinator. I um, went to being an assistant director and then I um, was promoted to a director of departmental grant administration. And so that really entails a whole lot of things. I do a lot of uh, pre-award and post-award grant management activities, but I also do a lot of financial management 
and project management on the back end with a lot of these projects. I work with PIs very um, intimately when we're developing and progressing through projects. So um, I do a lot of that, but to kind of tell you how else that position has, um, has continued to develop and manifest with the Department of Public Health going from being a department, we are now the only department in the sixth school of the Texas Tech uh, University Health System, which is the School of Population and Public Health. So that departmental role has now expanded to a school level. And that means I've taken on lots of additional duties outside of just that fiscal management or project uh, coordination or management to now um, assisting with CEF accreditation and uh, faculty experience support. We've had, um, I've assisted with uh, student advising and some of the you know more curricular type of stuff. So in, in general, like you mentioned introducing me, there's been a lot of change that's happened over the past couple of years and it's been really fun to sit through that. Um, I say that and I really mean it. Um, change can sometimes be scary, but when it's an entire team in a university working together towards one goal, it can get complicated, but there's a lot of collaboration that happens, which means you have a lot of fun meeting and working with new people. So if I were to summarize that, Sure. I would do so as you like change. I'm learning. I guess I'm pretty good at it. So the liking <laughs> part of it is coming with, hey, I'm not so terrible at this. <laughs> yeah, maybe <Yeah>. so. <laughs> it really is amazing as I listen to what you were saying there with the growth, the unknowns, the opportunity that's come. It immediately links me back to a series that we're actually about to start, which is on a book that a number of leaders are diving into, and it's called QBQ. It's the question behind the question. Now, this mm -hmm. book is written by John Miller. It's been around for, I don't know, 15 years or so, but they, uh, in this book, he talks about this personal accountability. And when we're faced with change, it can be very easy for us to fall into asking these questions such as why don't they do anything or why is it that they are always, we're always, we tend to be pushing um, blame onto other people. Whereas the emphasis of this book is how do we kind of reverse that and say, what can I do in that moment? What can I do to be a better employee? What can I do to help this project along? Knowing that we didn't have any of this kind of pre-planned, just from that little segment, how does that resonate with how you've managed and dealt with change throughout your career? Yeah, that's a great question and a great lead into that. Um, I think the first thing that I had to learn to do just a few years ago, and I say learn to do, I and obviously all of us know at least to some extent how to take some accountability for who we are, what we do. Um, but learning how to do that in a professional setting and how to respond in a professional setting sometimes can take a little bit of training, a little bit of work. Um, and so I was very fortunate to have been a part of some leadership development that happened here at the university, which one of the transcendent qualities that I found in myself through that process is that I'm not afraid to fail. And I'm not afraid to fail because I know who I am. And 
I think that in any situation that I'm faced with, I work really hard to remember who I am. So whether what I choose to do is successful or not successful, or the collaboration in which I enter is successful or not successful, I am I, I really do try to remain always willing to look at what my part is. And so when in going through this process of the change that we've had, both with our department um, moving into a new school and then helping to develop this new school, I'm aware of what my strengths and weaknesses are. And I try to pay attention and offer up opportunities for my um my ability to interact in places where I know I can be additive to a project or a situation, but to also understand that there are times I have to be real with myself and say, that sounds like something I could do, but it, it may not be the best fit for me right now. Um, and in those moments, it gives me an idea of what are some things I can work on in an extracurricular sense to either learn um, so that in the event that that happens in the future, can I be additive to that as well? Um, but I, I think that there is a requirement for myself to always remain teachable. So while I know who I am, I know I don't know everything. And I'm not naive enough to think that I have all the answers either. So the question behind the question works for me because I am constantly asking questions, both of myself and of other people, um, for those reasons. I, I want to call out and really highlight something you said. All of that was... Oh, there's so much that I want to go with it. But you when you said, I'm not afraid to fail because I know who I am. Mm -hmm. That's, that's huge. How do you get there? Fail a whole lot. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I guess by that, I mean, Jason, you got to take chances. Um, you have to take risks. And I, I'll be honest with you, in a general sense of life, I'm very risk averse. You, you asked me earlier, do I like change? I'm learning that I'm good at it. And I think that some people, um, myself included, while we're not procrastinators by nature, something about having something to do on a tight deadline just invigorates me. So where some people may struggle in that type of an environment, I do not. I It almost is like an ignition of my creative juices and my persistence and my stamina. The things that you know, if we were going to liken it to something that people can understand, I guess I'm not much of a long distance runner, but if you need me to do a quick sprint and get something done, yes, I can do that. And so I, I think that that come knowing myself come myself comes from trying things and failing a lot and understanding how that because the, like I'm more than the sum of my behaviors. So I could fail a hundred times and only succeed once. And the hundred times doesn't overshadow that one success, at least not for me. Um, I think there can be situations where that might be a little bit of naivete, but I'd like to think that I have a few more years left on my roster and I'm going to keep trying. So um, hopefully, you know, it sticks. And then if it doesn't, I hopefully I've developed enough um, honest relationships around me that they can check in with me and say, you know, maybe this isn't working. Like kudos to you for continuing to try, but maybe a different direction, but I, I know who I am and I know who I'm not. And I know that failing doesn't mean I'm a failure. So I keep trying and I know how to laugh at myself too. You've seen that. Yeah. Um, Cause there have been a couple of things I've tried that I fell flat on my face, but I know how to laugh that off and say, okay, well, I know what I did wrong and I'm going to go back and do this better the next time. So 
I guess as I've been fortunate enough to that, there's been pl plenty of people that have given me opportunities, but I know how I am because I'm not afraid to fail. And I don't think failure makes me a failure. You know, that right there, I, I just, is so powerful beyond anything that we can say. And very often what I tend to see is that we can get caught up in this idea that if we fail, then we are doing essentially damage to ourselves, right? But in the reality, what we find is that when we fail, we get more credit, we get more uh, growth, we have more learning because we were willing to step out and give it a shot. And I think just everything that you said there is so inspirational to be able to say, listen, no one's perfect, right? We're we're going to make mistakes. But you know what? When we make mistakes, I'm not going to let that slow me down. I'm going to keep going and seek whatever it is that that outcome may be. Uh, and I love how you phrase that of, you know, if we focus on the relationships. Hopefully we'll have those honest people to say, you know, we appreciate you. But, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so tell me about those leaders that you've had throughout your career, whether they are positional leaders, whether they are mentors, whatever it is that have influenced who you are today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can think of um, the very, very first person Um and this is a little bit of self-disclosure, but um, I had a difficult childhood and um, this particular person that is, when I think back, who was the first person that really made a difference in my life? And I think this person made a difference because they saw me. Um, and I, I don't really know how else to put that other than they saw past some of the things that I was struggling with and they actually saw me and my potential and really made an effort to work to help me see that because I, I needed to. Um, and that, that person, her name is Lori Johnson. Um, she, and I, I want to say her name too, because she is, she's since passed away. She lost a battle with colorectal cancer a few years ago. Um, but she was the very, very first person that took an interest in me and saw some talents and wanted me to know that there was more to life than what I was experiencing. And I never remember having to actually tell her what was going on. She just, she was just that person. She just knew and she loved on me and she, she continued to, to push me in ways to challenge myself. She was my drama teacher. She was my volleyball coach. She was a friend. She was a confident. And then whenever I got into high school, I actually would when she had her first kid, I got to go spend the summer with her and, and babysit her daughter. And it was a, it was a time for me to, um, to take a break from some of the difficult things I was experiencing and just spend time with somebody that really wanted me around and loved on me. So when I think of the very first person that did that for me, Lori Johnson is who comes to my name. Um, and then, um, I had a couple of coaches, you know, basketball coaches that, teach you some really awesome life lessons. Uh, team sports was one of those things for me that um, has always resonated. So I was an athlete throughout my entire life. Um, and I had a couple of really good coaches that did that. And then professionally, um, it actually kind of took a while for me to find somebody. I think that um, maybe I was ready to listen to. And I, I, look, I'm being totally honest. You know, sometimes there's a lot of people that come along and they give you great advice and you have great relationships with them. But for whatever reason, you're not really in a space to hear what they're saying. And then five years later, somebody else says the exact same thing that this person was saying to you, but all of a sudden it hits different, right? Um, 
And that's kind of what happened to me. And um, it happened to me in my master's program at Texas Tech University. Um, I had a mentor, a faculty mentor in that program who happens to work as a faculty member in the School of Population and Public Health now. So I went from being a mentee to now a colleague of this person. Um, but that individual, very similar situation, recognized some talents in me and that I didn't have enough self-confidence to really push those and said, you have something special. I want to work with you and we're gonna figure this out. And because of that individual, um, I really, I excelled. As soon as I took this position here at the Health Sciences Center, it did not take me long to find a place um, and excel. And it was because this individual really honed in on those skills for me and said, this is something special you have that other people, that other people don't, and you really need to try and capitalize on this. Um, and then since being here, and this is not to, you know, make your head big or anything like that, but, you know, Jason, we spent two, about two and a half years, actually, because even some time after our leadership training, um, meeting very regularly and, and working through some difficulties that I, I was having both in my professional development and, you know, that balance between personal and professional. And um, uh, I've, I have a very close confidant in human resources department. There's just really so many people here I could name by name. Um, but genuinely, I have always thought to make honest connections. And I think that the person that I present is who I really am. And the people that work with me for any length of time, figure that out really quick. That um, you don't have, there's not that gray area with me and have to read between the lines. I am who I am. I say what I mean. Um, and I, I own it when I'm wrong. Um, but I've, I've just been really fortunate. Most of the time it was because I lacked confidence and somebody else saw something in me. And I was, I can say that the biggest strength I have in that is I was willing. When somebody said, I want to work with you and you can do this, I said, okay, I'm willing. And it did not always work out for me. That is, that's the truth. But um, I've always just maintained that willingness. Cause like I said, I don't know what I don't know. And I'll consistently try to learn from others as long as I keep having the opportunity to do so. I don't know if that really answered all the questions, Jason, but there's so many people, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the most important things that we can do is invest in others and truly make those connections, believe in others. You never know what someone's going to accomplish. I've always hated when I've heard individuals say, oh, that person, they're not going to be successful because of this. And it's like, who are you to judge, right? Mm -hmm. And who are you to say that they're not going to be successful? And watching those individuals be successful and even more successful is such a joy. But, you know, as you mentioned, sometimes people come into your life, they say something, you're just like, yeah, okay. And then a couple of years later, and it's just amazing. You never know when your presence can truly have a positive impact on somebody's life. And there, to me, there's just so much power in that. And uh, so I love hearing that because you document, I mean, just exactly where, hey, our lives, they go through ebbs and flows, highs and lows, and, you know, having those people there to build those honest connections. And one of the things that you said is something that I challenge all of my coaching clients with, which is, are you open 
And if you're open, that's one thing, but are you willing? And right. you hit on that point because we can be open to hearing. We can be open to the connection, but are we willing? That right there is, is the big question. And so I love how that just naturally uh, came into play. Yeah, it really did. That willing to willingness to take suggestions. Yeah. Um, and that's something else too. Healthy relationships are important. You don't necessarily want people telling you what to do, but um, you know, making strong suggestions based on their experience is something I've always valued. I know that Dr. Teresa Bird isn't at our institution anymore, but she was really the one that gave me uh, the very first chance and opportunity here at the Health Sciences Center. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that relationship, so many of the ones that I value now were born of that um, and the opportunity she provided to me. So I am I am eternally grateful for her um, and the willingness that her and I both had to grow in that relationship and in the department and to now what, you know, is a school. She's really the one that, that cemented that for me. So as we look forward, if there are, well, I know there will be people who are listening who aspire to accomplish maybe things that they've felt have been out of reach or they haven't gotten to that point yet to having that confidence where they're willing to just go and do that. What advice would you give to that next generation or to those that are listening who are following behind uh, you and, and all of us? The first thing I would say is, um, realistically, you have no idea what you're going to be doing in 10 years. Um, and I, I say that because some, sometimes I sit in and do the red bag tours that we have here. And I get these high school students that come right up to the table and have got this whole life plan. And then you have some that are like, I just wanted to play hooky from school. And both of them are right. Right. Both of them are right. And one of the things that I, I always say is, and I, and I mean this, I mean this, do what invigorates your soul. Mm -hmm. Because I think if you can find the internal motivation to do hard things, the other stuff kind of comes with it. And um, that is like, that's such flighty language, you know, like, oh, it doesn't make any sense. Make it, make it a tangible. Okay. So tangible. What I would say is if it's something that sounds like you'd like to do, try it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just you try know, it. I was um, just the other week I was up in Minneapolis as I was defending my uh, doctoral dissertation and, and my chair, or actually one of the faculty who was on my committee had said to me, all right, now that we're done, what's next? And I'm like, I don't know. And, you know, she was asking, she's like, oh, well, does it, oh, do you have interest in going here or going there? And I'm like, I never once imagined mm -hmm. that I would be working for Texas Tech University, coming from small town, Minnesota, a kid who barely passed high school, right? Never <laughs> imagined. So for you to say, all right, 10 years from now, where do you want to be? I'm like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Just yep. see where things go. And I think that it's taken a while. But that is exciting. It is exciting. And it's one of the things that keeps me resilient. Um, I say that because my life truly is a testament to you have no idea what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And you can you can do you can think you've done everything right and you can plan the perfect plan. You are not in control of the outcome. You're not. And 
there, to me, there is freedom in that. That mm-hmm. tells me, okay, if this is something I really want to do, I can identify what's holding me back and do it. Perhaps it's fear of money. Perhaps it's uh, it needs a change in environment. Perhaps it's this. But if I can identify those things, then I truly am making decisions that impact my life and things aren't just happening to me. Um, and so I, the, the one piece of advice is just if, if it speaks to you, try it. It may not work. You have to go into it knowing that, but it may not work. But man, I don't want to live with any regrets. I think about how much time we trade in our one life to go to work and spend time here with people. I would hope that that we take that opportunity to build relationships with people and enjoy what we do, because my goodness, it's the most expensive thing we buy every single day. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'd I'd prefer to um, to keep that in style and in season for many years to come, you know, so that that would be my one my one piece of advice. You know, and, and to, to take that as I'm, as we're wrapping up our time together here, it makes me think, you know, when I look back on things and, you know, individuals say, well, I tried and I failed, but at least you tried. Right. And Mm -hmm. how many times do we look back and go, I wonder what would have happened. And so take advantage of that, right. Uh, Be intentional with the things that you're doing, because who knows what could come of that. And it's as a daily lesson that we all need to remind ourselves. So I want to thank you for taking this time to listen to this episode of the Creating Us podcast. If you have any comments or questions, please let me know at jason.weber at ttu.edu. Until next time, take care.